daddy gonna stay in school and, and graduate. You're gonna die, Klaus! You can do it! Captain Insano shows no mercy. You can do it! I love my mama very much. Now you know that. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Hello, and welcome to the Sandler Pit, the podcast where it's nauseating to meet you. You did a little bit of a Transylvanian <laughs> twist at the end of that, so I think that's a Hotel Transylvania quote, a Dracula one at that. It is, you're correct. It's from Hotel Transylvania 2, one of the greatest films ever made. Up there, but not as good as Summer Vacation. Obviously we spoke not. About at length last week. I'm still reeling how fun I had, how much fun I had. That's probably because we're just off the back of recording a two and a half hour discussion about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very, very late. So apologies if this intro is a little bit <laughs> like us losing Every single intro we do, by the way, recently has been like at the end of our tether. Yeah. So I apologies just... if you listen to these because like in normal order, listening wise, it's probably really shit. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun but no one else does mm-hmm. so i am luke he is also luke and we're the sandler pit we watch and review every single adam sandler film or tv show or chat show appearance or youtube video or sometimes a film where he doesn't appear or produce like this week but this is a film made under his banner the happy madison productions okay. and we did also say in our last episode that we think that the sandler this week in question isn't adam sandler but it's jared sandler who we are an unofficial fan podcast of so you say jared sandler appears this film was made in 2006 how old was jared sandler at the time he must have been like 11 the, the credit i saw of him said that his name was autograph kid free right Something brilliant like that. so <laughs> really big part for jared this week and also jackie's in it as female customer so you know you've got something to look out for there there are sandlers in this just maybe not the sandler you hoped for yeah so what's your relationship with bench warmers so I saw Benchwarmers when I was a kid. It came out in 2006. So I would guess that I probably saw it like the next year, maybe. I remember renting it from Blockbusters, having it on DVD. I quite liked Rob Schneider back then. Or I don't know if I liked him, but if I just liked the association with Adam Sandler, because obviously I was a big Sandler kid growing up. I think I mentioned I really liked John Heeder because I loved Napoleon Dynamite. Still a good film, but... Yeah, I watched this and I remember really loving it. I don't know exactly why. I think it's quite gross out, quite stupid, but also quite fun. It's a sports film as well, which I think I usually do like. And I think looking back at what we've watched so far, I think the sports films are the ones that stand up as being quite good films for the most part. Yeah, we always liked the uh, sports films. Like Longest Yard, I found was way better than the reviews made it out to be. Yeah, hopefully this will be the same. I always like a sort of underdog story. And in this case, this is a film where they're kind of not really the underdogs, the bench warmers, because they're basically like free losers that become a free person baseball team. Right, okay. But they're adults and they play in the children's league. <laughs> I didn't know what the plot of this was, and now that has really sold me. <laughs> That's really funny. So David Spade, Rob Schneider and John Heder or Hader or whatever his name is, they're going against loads of children. Yeah. Okay, that sounds really funny. And two out of three of them aren't good at baseball as well. Right. If you can guess which ones. Which ones do you think aren't good? I'd say John Heeder or Hader, whatever his name is, isn't good. 
And then I would also say David Spade isn't good. Rob Schneider, the sportsman of the three. Yeah, Rob Schneider is inexplicably really gifted at sports in this one. He's taken over that sort of Adam Sandler role that we're used to seeing. Do you reckon that bench warmers, I haven't seen it yet, but do you think from what you remember of it, that it would be better if David Spade's character was Adam Sandler? If Rob Schneider's one, do you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it would probably be better because it'd be slightly more believable some of the things that happen in this. You'd be quite surprised. I think I like how we always say that Adam Sandler is so believable as a sports star <laughs> when really like why no he's not he's not is he I just think he'd be slightly more believable than uh, your boy Rob but <laughs> there's just a few things in this that are a bit off and there is one sort of subplot that is very like punching down I'll just warn you in advance I don't think that that would have aged very well watching it back right. the whole sort of story is about people that are bullied going up against the bullies you know up against the jocks and stuff but in the process of doing that, it might come across a little bit like what we've already said with Chuck and Larry and a few of the other films where like the ultimate aim might be nice, but the way that they get there might be a little bit like derogatory, I guess. But we have to see how it holds up, I suppose. But I, rem- I do remember liking it as a kid, but I did also have like a bit of a horrible sense of humour. As if that's gone away. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we've now watched 40 Adam Sandler films and spoken about them for countless hours. So uh, I don't think that's gone away completely. No, it's been is refined, this, uh, if anything. Is this our first baseball film? So Dick we've seen... Six, didn't they invent it? We've seen the invention of baseball, yeah. We've seen yeah. Blended, there was a baseball game. The week of, there was a baseball game. None of these are like actually like fully focused on it, though. This might be our only... It's a lot. Thinking about the sports films that we've seen both watch Happy Gilmore but we haven't covered it yet but that's golf and ice hockey then we've got Longest Yard American Football then Waterboy American Football yeah baseball I guess is new ground as the main focus so that's Mm -hmm. quite exciting yeah it should be good to see uh, something Uh, different so when we watch an Adam Sandler film, we usually have something called a Sandler scale, which is a list of uh, tropes that you can find on Instagram uh, that we turn into a bingo sheet. When we watch a Rob Schneider film, we instead create something called the Schneider scroll, which is pretty much identical, except usually it's the opposite. So, yeah, it's just a different name. Everything else is the same. But usually like, it's the opposite of Adam Sandler films, isn't it? Like. Mm-hmm. Where Adam Sandler's like good at sports, usually Rob Schneider's bad at sports and stuff like that. I guess it's different here. It is. I think that this one is a bit more of an archetype, like Adam Sandler style role. He's a bit, supposed to be a bit charming, supposed to be a bit of a cool guy. Yeah. That's what I kind of remember. That's never my favourite kind of Rob Schneider. People pretending he's not a goblin. (laughs) Like he's a real man. It doesn't really sit well with me. But I think this. I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to this one. Uh, This is our first time watching him where he doesn't live in like a little hovel, you know, like a little hole in the wall where he sort of like creeps around and stuff. He's living in a normal house, from what I can remember, and has like a normal wife. She might be pleased to hear. I am pleased to hear. That means the plot isn't going to be around him falling in love with a woman, which I hate. I hated that in both Deuce Bigelow's and The Animal. Do you have anything else you want to say up top? Do you like John Lovitz? Yeah. <laughs> He's all right. He's good like in Friends. Do you like Tim Meadows? Oh, I love Tim Meadows. I'm you're in is for he a in treat. This? Yeah, you're in for a treat. There's some good, good cast in this. This one is good because there's at least one bit in it that I have seen made into a meme. So there's something to look forward to there. I'm sure we'll talk about that when we come back. I really hope this is a castle film. 
after the high from Hotel Transylvania 3, I really need more to keep me going till we finish this podcast, I think. Yeah, I'm really hoping that it stands up to what I remembered liking as a kid. Fingers crossed that it does stand up and that it gets to go in the castle with, you know, all those classics like Hotel Transylvania 1, 2 and 3. And Puppy and Monster Pets. Yeah, of course. Right, well, we'll see how it goes. But other than that, I think we're uh, we're good to go and, you know, pick up our balls and chuck them at a bat. (laughs) Stop batting them about. Put on your mitts, let's go shoot a homer and watch Benchwarmers. Bye. You are now listening to the Sandler Pit. This is a present from the Benchwarmers. You're really good at baseball. And we are back. We've watched the Benchwarmers. It's been a while. But here we are. It's been so long. (laughs) (laughs) Since I watched it, it's been a week. Yeah, and I think I must have watched it the day after, maybe. But I've seen it so many times that it feels as fresh as a daisy. It's been a week for me. And I don't know, this has been the longest week in existence. You've climbed a big mountain. Yeah. Didn't you? You climbed Snowden? Kind of. Well, I climbed into the train that went (laughs) most of the way up. (laughs) And then then struggled to climb the rest of it. Yeah. How many steps do you think you did? Did you actually do a a decent portion of the software? I did a lot of walking that day. But let me see on my uh, health-based app. I did 12,000 steps on that day, but I don't know how much of that's on the mountain. I get more steps in walking on Ecclesall Road in Sheffield. That's because you've got (laughs) uh, an Apple Watch on your arm and you're wanking all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. So I've watched like loads of films since. I've seen Cruella. Oh yeah, me too. I thought it were all right. I mean, it was quite good, wasn't it? It's quite convoluted, wasn't it? Like it felt like a montage for like the first half an hour, but other than that, I thought it was all right. It reminded me a bit too much of like Suicide Squad, though. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a bit weird that. Can you imagine that woman killing a dog now? Uh, no, not really, because you're kind of supposed to like her, aren't you? Yeah, and she loves dogs, and she owns them at the end. This is a really bad intro <laughs> for this point. <laughs> no. I can just tell you now that this is all getting edited out. No, no, <laughs> keep it in, keep it in. So yeah, we watched Benchwarmers a week ago. Yeah, I barely remember it at all. Cool, so uh, Luke, can you explain what happened <laughs> in the film Benchwarmers? Alright, so Rob Schneider is in this film. He's playing a kind of normal guy, pretty much. Rare that we see him playing like a kind of everyman. He's got two loser nerd friends and then they notice these kids are getting picked on in their town, mm-hmm. something. And then it turns out that the way that they think they should show up those kids is by absolutely owning them in a game of baseball because Rob Schneider's inexplicably fantastic at baseball. And then because of that, for a series of convoluted plot things, they end up being fun by a multi multi billionaire to become a, a team of adult nerds who <laughs> just play games against little kids and make them feel really bad about themselves. That's such a good plot for a film. It is, isn't it? Really good. So that's that's pretty much it. And then we have a lot of little things, little lessons learned. Uh, what did you think of Benchwarmers? Yeah, I was kind of dreading going back to this one because I liked it when I was younger quite a bit. And I remember a friend of mine in, in primary school, we used to watch this film together quite a lot. And he actually messaged me not that long ago saying like, did you know there was a Benchwarmers too? It was like a direct-to-DVD sequel and it, it sounds terrible. But um, yeah, I was kind of dreading watching it, but... 
for the most part, I still actually did quite like it. I think it's definitely aged badly in some sense. There's a lot of words in it that you definitely wouldn't put into a film nowadays, let alone use a hundred times, mostly revolving around like slang words for disabilities. It's deja vu really to go over it again, but it's got the same issues as like Zohan and Chuck and Larry, which I guess they came after this, but it's kind of that similar thing of trying to be a bit righteous, but punching down while doing so, which is a bit of a shame. But at the same time, I do kind of feel like the heart of this is mostly okay. Misguided, probably. But yeah, I found myself still laughing a lot. And it has made me like Nick Swartzen again after a few ropey performances in the last couple of weeks. How about you? It's going to sound so hypocritical. And so, what's the word? <laughs> contradictory that I'm going to say I fucking love this film <laughs> after how much I slated the Deuce Bigelow films for doing exactly what this film also does it does punch down yeah but it's just really funny I think the premise itself is just inherently very funny watching like a bunch of grown men like owning all these kids is <laughs> really funny and I was laughing a lot at this uh, there was a lot of good jokes I don't know how to explain it because I don't know what made this work but Deuce Bigelow didn't yeah, I enjoyed this one. It just doesn't feel as dirty as Juice Bigelow, I guess. It doesn't feel nice for the most part, but it doesn't make you feel sick, does it? I feel like their aim is the last scene of the film, which I think is really nice. I mean, we, we don't have to get into it right now because that's literally the end. But doesn't make sense, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the way it moved along, yeah, there was a lot of punching down, but the ending was quite sweet and it had something to say, which I think was all right. Some of the fucking twists in this film really shocked me. Like what? Twist. Right, basically. So Rob Schneider is a loser guy, apparently, but he's got a beautiful wife who wants a child. But he's really trepidatious about having a child because he thinks they're going to get bullied for being short. And then his two mates, they're also like nerds as kids and they got picked on and bullied. And that it's kind of the idea behind the Benchwarmers is that they were all bullied and now they're kind of taking on the bullies for a new generation. But then the big twist is actually Rob Schneider was the worst bully of all time and he bullied this poor lad so much like didn't he have to go to like a mental hospital it's like yeah it's really sad because his rob schneider's character obviously like regrets it but the way that he worded it he, it looked like it was about him being mm. picked on but it was actually he picked on this guy for being a dwarf yeah i don't know it was really interesting i didn't expect something like that because yeah there was a lot of moral ambiguity that rob schneider's obviously a good bloke now but he can't really be forgiven for that as a kid, it kind of worked a little bit, that storyline. Yeah, I think it's surprisingly quite decent in that respect, maybe, because it seems kind of realistic, doesn't it? Like, it's not really excusing kids will be kids, kids can be horrible and all that stuff. And uh, I think it's done, like, fairly effectively. I don't think Rob Schneider's, like, the greatest actor or anything at all, but, like, I think this is probably one of his better roles, isn't it? I think this is his best performance that I've ever seen. I'd say I prefer the Hot Chick film to this, but I think that his performance in this is actually quite convincing at times. I still think it would have been better if Sandler had played it, because yeah. this is a Sandler character. I don't know why Rob Schneider's playing it. Yeah, it definitely is. And and you've got like Jackie Sandler's in it and a few of the usual cameos and stuff. Yeah, I think this is maybe one of the only times we've seen Rob Schneider as like a, a regular guy rather than someone with some like crazy quirk or whatever. I know he's he's supposed to be he was a buddy when he was younger and whatever, but like yeah, he doesn't have any really horrible elements to his character now, I guess. 
it makes a change to see him like that, doesn't it, really? Yeah, and I think fair play to him. It did actually work for the most part. Like, his character I was rooting for, and, and I think it paid off with the twist because he was quite a decent character beforehand. Yeah, it's an interesting character, a lot better than what we usually see him do. It is funny, though, how much his uh, whole wife is desperate to fuck him throughout the whole film. <laughs> Right. Okay. I did say I really like this film, but she is one of the worst written love interest characters we've ever had. And she's literally there just to nag him about wanting to sex him. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to sleep with you, Rob Schneider. Why do you want to play sport? They always do this in films, don't they? Where it's like a character, their only plot is, oh, I'm, I'm menstruating. I want to have a baby. I yeah, it's, it's, so it's definitely boring. happened in other things before, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bit dull. Like, I don't know anything about, I don't remember her name. You remember Gus? his name because there's the Gus first I do not remember that <laughs> <laughs> any details I do not remember he's called Gus and the main like bully dad is called Jerry isn't he so he says oh I think it's bitchy Richie is what they call David Spade's character there's like a bit where he's like bringing up the old names they used to call him in school and then Gus is the new one and because Rob Schneider's like a little hard man he scares Jerry and all that Jerry can think of is Gus Bus later on they have the tour bus called the Gus Bus so it's got like Yoda painted on the side of it I love how I completely missed this whole visual gag it's probably on my phone you were leaving a five star review for it on the letterbox while not watching the film I really love this one I did actually leave a review I think like in the last scene I was like I know that I like this now yeah. there's nothing this can do we're at Pizza Hut I know that I, we've landed really it's good. stuck the landing yeah so yeah you've got Rob Schneider who we've said we both surprisingly like quite a bit in this one also supported by John Heder as Clark, I think his name was. So he's like a bicycle helmet wearing paperboy who's like 35 years old, throws newspapers on the roof of cars, eats his bogeys. He likes macaroni. Yeah, he thinks macaroni's got steroids in it because his penis is small. <laughs> what did you think of him? He's not really a character, is he? He's just kind of there. He's just like in the, in the background of every scene, this big, tall, lanky guy with a helmet on. Yeah, he doesn't have a storyline so much as he throws his bat whenever he tries to hit the ball. I'd say this is maybe the worst I've seen John Hader, but I still liked him. He's only like, in like four films, to be fair, isn't he? Yeah, I'm just reading like Napoleon Dynamite, Blades, Blades of, Glory, of Glory, and then... Just and like then that, Heaven. I was just about to say just like Heaven. <laughs> what is he? He's a medium. He can speak yeah, to ghosts. He, he can't see her. <laughs> it's a light. And also, she's not a ghost in that film. He's just a comatose spirit. Oh, my God. I can't Lord. remember it. It was weird. He's just sort of there as like a punchline most of the time, right? Yeah, I didn't really get what the helmet thing was all about. Yeah, I do like him though, but you're right. Not a necessary character, but... I'm not saying he's the the worst because he is good, but there's two characters that we haven't even spoken about yet who are way better and we're going to talk about them both in a bit. Sure. So the next one out of the like main three guys is Richie. That's David Spade. And I think that this is my favourite David Spade role. Because yeah. he's got a little moustache, he's got his little bowl cut. <laughs> I just I just really like him in this. For me, when it comes to Spade, I'm more of a sexy Spade fan rather than nerd Spade. Yeah. I like him when he's inexplicably like the, the Lefario of the group, even though he's little David Spade. No, this for me, this felt so much more believable than those characters. Yeah. So I really liked him. He works at like a rip-off of like Blockbusters, like a video rental store. He just threatens people all the time that he's gonna like take away their memberships and stuff. He fancies the girl that works on the salad counter at Pizza Hut. 
I think. Is that the same person who's in every scene? Because I I couldn't tell. Like, yeah, I think so. There's one who's one of the one of the kids' sister. Yeah, that's the one. Is that the same? Right, okay. I do. I didn't even know they were the same person. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe she changed her hair between scenes or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was her. But yeah, he's just. I don't know. I think he's got that sort of sardonic humor that we're used to with him. But it's also like mixed with him getting bullied quite a lot, which for the most part is quite funny. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Typical bully Luke Terry over here thinking bullying's funny. There's a bit when someone says to him, he's saying that he caught the ball because he caught it in his helmet so he can't actually catch. He gets it in his face and the guy's like, you're still out. And then he says, you're still fat. And I really like that bit because he's telling like an eight-year-old kid that they're fat. <laughs> <laughs> he's also good. I don't really have like much of, I don't think I've written in my notes about him because I was too preoccupied with some of the other characters. But yeah, David Spade's really quite good in this. Yeah, I think they're, they're a good trio to lead this. I don't think this one's got the best the best reviews and ratings and stuff, because like obviously it's not a great film, but I think I'd rather watch a film with these three characters than like the grown-ups and some of the other groups that we see in the other films. Yeah, like the characters are quite well-rounded and you kind of believe whatever they are, you believe it. And... Yeah, there's nothing too inconsistent with them really, other than maybe Rob Schneider being an incredible athlete. Then we have two more characters who round off the main Benchwarmers cast and they are maybe my two favourite characters in any of these films. <laughs> or of all time. <laughs> uh, should we go with John Lovitz first? Yeah, As go on. Mel. He's a... <laughs> He's an obscenely, obscenely rich character. Like, I've never seen a richer man in any of these films. He's like a gazillionaire or something like that. He, he builds his own baseball pitch at the end, and the, the guy's, <laughs> he's telling the guy what he wants, and then he says, and make sure it doesn't cost any more than one billion. That's all I've got on me, in cash. Or <laughs> something like that. He's so funny, and his character is basically like, he used to be a nerd, and then he's had this son, and then his son's getting bullied as well, and then that son is actually the one who was getting bullied at the start. First of all, why is this billionaire child at this, like, rough school with all yeah. these nasty bullies? He then recruits them, and he takes them to his massive mansion. <laughs> he has a robot. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, number seven is he called? Number seven. He has like a swimming pool. His one of his best friends is Reggie Jackson, is Reggie it? Reggie Jackson, the, the baseball player, who apparently is like twenty years older than John Lovitz, <laughs> and yet they say they go to camp together. <laughs> There's the picture of them at Tuba Camp, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Just as a side note here, number seven is voiced by Doug Jones, who uh, played the amphibious man in The Shape of Water, <laughs> among other nightmare characters. Do you think he was inside the little robot? I reckon so, yeah. Because <laughs> that's why they cast that guy, is because he's quite live. So when you put on all weird prosthetics, it looks like a proportion body. Yeah. So they've just added all this robot feature to him and he looks like a normal uh, robot. <laughs> I think it, I think that was just him that they just painted little screws onto his face. <laughs> <laughs> He's a chameleon, that guy. <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely love John Lovitz in this. I think this is my favourite John Lovitz ever. There's a bit where he shows his uh, titty twister scarring so basically as a kid, all these kids must have grabbed his nipples and twisted them. And he's got these horrible scars <laughs> from, from it. He's oh about to God. put them away at that part, isn't he? He's, he's about to put them away and then he whips them back out again. And they all sort of like flinch. It's a nice moment. He is just funny. He turns up in like Kit from Knight Rider and then the Batmobile a few times. Yeah, and he's got like a Darth Vader who apparently was voiced by James L. Jones. Yeah, he's in a com. He actually Vader. came into this as Darth Vader. <laughs> so this is one of the Darth Vader. So this is canon. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is what was happening on Earth whilst the Star Wars was happening <laughs> in, in a galaxy far away. This is probably going to be one of the Star Wars story spin-offs between three and four. I wrote down everything he said, but then <laughs> looking back, it doesn't even make any sense. I think my favourite line from him is, if you build it, nerds will come, when they're about to build his stadium. That's a pretty good one. I just liked it any time he was flaunting his an insane amount of money and then we have the best character in the film nick swardson yes <laughs> i want to i want to sincerely apologize for implying in our bucky larson episode that this man has no comedic timing because he is very very funny in this film <laughs> i'm so glad that you can finally see that i'm not I'm not insane for loving You're him. You're not crazy. So what's his character in this called? Howie. So he's Richie, David Spade's brother, who's agoraphobic. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't go outside. <laughs> he hates the sun. It's that usual thing that we say about where it's like the worst portrayal of like a serious condition, but... It's done for laughs, but it is funny. We're hypocrites. We're such hypocrites. This is all we were talking about in European Gigolo, how bad it is. <laughs> we're just like, yeah, yeah, it's really, really funny. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess it's just because Nick Swanson's comedy just, uh, it really sells it. Yeah, so he's like so afraid of the sun. Uh, he keeps like eating <laughs> sun cream. <laughs> there's a bit where he's the only bench warmer left. <laughs> that they could pitch to because I think Rob Schneider's injured himself and some other Oh yeah, they're all on a base, aren't they? He comes out with a sword. It's... <laughs> <laughs> he looks like some sort of strange version of He-Man, doesn't he? He's got this sort of yeah. uh, horrible blonde bowl-cut wig and then a little sword. <laughs> <laughs> and they bring, they keep like bringing him in on the tour bus and he's like hiding under like a little blanket and stuff. He's yeah, just... he just appears. My favourite line of his is there's a bit when David Spade says, oh, look at this crowd. We're just like the Beatles. And then Nick Swardson just goes, or wham. <laughs> <laughs> his point of reference is wham for some reason. Very good. He is a very good character in this. Oh, I've just found a good John Lovitz quote, actually. I had hair on my ass before I could walk. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of doing an episode, should we just go through all John Lovitz's quotes from this film? We just have to make the Lovitz pit for that. Yeah, keep it under a billion, that's all I got on me. <laughs> <laughs> the mansion is called Chateau Megma. No, Smegma. Smegma. Yeah, and it's called Schmegma Fields, isn't it? At the end, the baseball pitch that he makes. He loves Schmegma for some reason. Yeah, I think there's a really good line where he goes like, Howie, you're a freak! Yeah. <laughs> His line delivery in this is, is amazing. Howie has a great character arc. So he goes from being scared of the sun and like there's a bit where he chases some Girl Scouts with his sword and like screams at them. Through eating all of this sun cream, eventually he's no longer scared of the sun. By the end, he's still under the table at Pizza Hut, but he's having a chat with one of our favourites, Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows is in this. He plays like a little league coach. He's, yeah, fine. He's all I, right. I, I, lo I always love seeing him. It's been a while, hasn't it, since we saw Tim Meadows? But yeah, he says to him, uh, what's your opinion on the moon? And how he's just like, not a fan. And then he like, squirts his sun cream again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is probably like a bad portrayal of agoraphobia, obviously. It is. It is very bad. I've got an aunt who has it. And she's not. Um, I've actually never seen her eat sun cream. <laughs> <laughs> agoraphobia is actually quite uh, big in my family, apparently. So maybe in the future I'll be eating sun cream. Oh, to be fair, I'd be scared of going outside if I lived in Sheffield. Um, oh God, yeah. So, Crime's rife. <laughs> so I would say my favourite sequence in this is Carlos. I was going to also say that. 
He Basically. is Orange Julius from Too Fast, Too Furious, if you've seen that film. I have not seen that film since I was about 10. Well, now you know. You can look out for him when you revisit it. <laughs> He's obviously like a guy in his like, 30s or something. 30s, and, 40s, maybe. And they falsify his documents, <laughs> which is, I think his birth certificate just says, I am 12 in crayon. <laughs> and they're all like, yeah, all right. And it's got a little Polaroid of just his face smiling on it, hasn't it? They give it to Blake Clark to let him join the team, and he gets bribed with a whole $10, and he goes and, uh, along John, with it. John Lovitz thinks, they're like, oh, this is so inappropriate, like that 12-year-old drink all this alcohol. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's just drinking like tequila and beers. I think Nick Swartzen takes a a beer over to him, doesn't he? To to get him drunk so that he's not as good at playing. Carlos shouts at him. Gracias, Albino, now get lost. And then Nick (laughs) Swartzen just like screams and throws sun cream in the air. (laughs) Yeah, so the way that they they get him. Because why can't he play? (laughs) You've got the bench warmers who are all about 40. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know who writes up the contract for this. Do you think it's Mel? Yeah, I guess. He's Maybe. he's kind of written this clause that none of the others can have adults. That bit was very funny. Yeah, um, it was a great scene. I also liked the appearance of Terry Crews in this film with a very big wig on. Yeah, the third wig of the of the film, maybe one of the better ones. <laughs> You're telling me Swartzen didn't grow his hair out? But... <laughs> yeah, oh no, that's definitely Swartzen's hair. <laughs> Terry Crews was bullied by Rob Schneider, right? So that's why he's wearing a wig, because he's insecure about being bald. One of them says that they used to call him the Black Uncle Fester, because he was bald as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but it does lead to, yeah, the, the reveal, which we mentioned. It leads to the... What's the guy's name who he, who he bullied? I don't know, I've just written Dwarf and Little Man in my uh, in my notes. Marcus. Little Man. Marcus. So it leads to Marcus then going on the pitch because the Benchwarmers and all the fans of the Benchwarmers hate Rob Schneider. They're all like, no, life is too short to harbour hatred. He has this massive impassioned speech. I think Rob Schneider, I think he might pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, my, he's my buddy. And then they all play. And obviously- a guy in the crowd says, I want my own Little Man. Or something like that, and then someone hands him. <laughs> so the wolf. That's a bit. That is a bit wrong. That part. It must have been the tail end of dwarfs being used as a joke in that sense. It, it is pretty bad. They're listening to Marcus talking about how Rob Schneider should be forgiven, and someone says he's like a modern day Yoda. They just think he's really wise, don't they? Yeah, he's like a little they're... wizard. He, I think he like casts spells on Rob Schneider at one point, doesn't he? Yeah, everyone in the crowd is so horrible about poor little Marcus. All I know, like... and they're all people that have been bullied as well it's yeah. really really weird <laughs> they're like no no we we've been bullied but this guy this guy deserves it they're just so horrible about him but then the ending is lovely so the bench warmers kind of say no we want the kids who never could play because they're they're rubbish to play and all the kids are so sweet that all the bully kids kind of go yeah let's just let them win mm-hmm. so the bench warmers just win and they all go to pizza and all the kids are hanging out together all the bully kids and all the regular kids and the yeah it's lo- it's, it's it is sweet. nice isn't it it is pretty good actually and the only one that's angry about it is just jerry isn't it the dad doesn't change he's he's still mad about it i think mate i can't remember if he goes to pizza hut at the end is that he's... the one who has the naked masseuse no that's another one that's the one that there's one that works at like a sports shop who says um athletes and they all bully him about it, don't they? He says athletes. Yeah. I think David Spade says something to him like, "You can't, you can't handle the truth." And then he gets scared and like trips over a baseball bat. But yeah, for some reason, there's like a reveal that that guy's like secretly gay. He's like wrestling with this guy who's naked all the time. Right, that was shit. Okay, here, I'm gonna say something now, and that was shit because the the gay panic 
they so dated, so shit. But I did like the masseuse appearing in every scene, just in his little pants, just for no reason. <laughs> it's like they're at the card table, and he's there, just yeah. in his pants. They go in the car, and the masseuse is just in the back seat. And I thought that was quite funny. And uh, it's yeah, actually... visually, it's all right. And that's actually... Are you going to tell me it's the brother of Kevin Nealon? No, it's the brother. Because I thought it was Kevin Nealon when I used to watch this. I don't know why. Yeah, me. He looked like him, but he's actually the brother of Chris Farley. Oh, okay. He appears in quite a lot of these, I think. Is it John Farley? I think so. I don't think this is quite as offensive as some of the others, though, at the same time. It's definitely got its problems, for sure. But where it's got all the nerdy pop culture stuff in it, at least it's... I think you see Spider-Man or Spider-Man 2, like the Sam Raimi ones. So, like, at least you know it's a little bit older than, like, Sandy Wexler or whatever it was that had Rob Schneider as an Iranian guy and all that stuff. I love that bit because I'm always talking about Spider-Man 2. And seeing that on in the video shop. Yeah, and it's, it's nice just on in the back for ages. I was just kind of like trying to look at the, the TV screen in the in the shop. Do you want me to tell you about something I discovered in my research of this film? Yeah, go on. I haven't done any research. This is called Spade Schneider Beef. What? So this film was made, or David Spade was hired in this film, by Adam Sandler as a way to heal the rift between him and Rob Schneider because they hated each other. What? Yes. I have found an article about this, published in April by Matthew Thomas, the truth about David Spade and Rob Schneider's falling out. April this year? April this year. Oh, wow. it's saying that Adam Sandler always has all his mates around, but there's a long documented beef between uh, David Spade and Rob Schneider. It's over now. Yeah. But they had beef like for many years from like the 90s to the early 2000s. They just didn't get along, apparently. David Spade wrote a book called David Spade is Almost Interesting. And then he also went over reasons they didn't get along on the Howard Stern show in 2016. He said they had a problem because when they worked on SNL, Rob Schneider was really shady. So they wrote scripts together and then Rob Schneider would put the, just his name on it and not David Spade's oh. and all this. And he wouldn't invite him to meetings and make him look bad. And yeah, so it just caused this big rift. And then he went on to say about Rob Schneider and his argument with Phil Hartman. Do you know Phil Hartman? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Troy McClure. And, Quite a few. Of, he's in one of the Studio Ghibli films as well. Voices of is cat. Uh, Kiki's delivery so. This is quite gross, actually. So Phil Hartman, I think, worked on SNL, and he got a female family friend a job as a an intern during his time on the show. Mm-hmm. He was apparently quite attractive. Rob Schneider's girlfriend got very jealous of this intern, so made him fire her. <sighs> um, right. Uh, which is really gross. And then Phil Hartman apparently pushed Rob Schneider against a wall and then said he was going to put a bullet in his head. Jesus, what the hell? God. <laughs> which is pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they've apparently made peace because Adam Sandler stepped in to act as a mediator between his two pals. Yeah, because I was going to yeah. say, you don't really see them in things together apart from, I mean, grown-ups they were in together the first one, weren't they? But... I can't think of many where they're together in films. They're not. It's not like a usual pairing, is it? Yeah, the usual one is Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider, and then Adam Sandler with other people like David Spade or Chris Rock or something. But Chris Rock isn't going to be in a film with Rob Schneider. I can't imagine that. Is that happening no, besides Grown Ups 1? I, I think they're going to do a Rush Hour remake, but um, other than that, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit of beef there between them two, which I thought was quite interesting when I was that doing is my interesting. research. I wish there was more on all the problems that have happened between these guys, because it's always quite intriguing. You know, 
they just did the HBO Friends special and it kind of revealed stuff like uh, David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston actually fancied each other when Friends was first out and a little behind the scenes thing I'd love to see that about 90s SNL what was going mm. on behind the scenes like with Chris Farley's death and Adam Sandler David Spade Chris Rock all those lads just seems really interesting or like even just like a tell-all book I would definitely read it well, I mean David Spade has got a memoir out right this yeah, second yeah but that's going to be Spade specific I want it to be Sandler specific remember Adam Sandler yeah. The guy that yeah. the guy that we're doing this Remember podcast that. about. Have we even mentioned the fact that Adam Sandler is nowhere to be seen in this film? I think is this the first time we haven't even had a voice cameo or anything? Bucky Larson. That wasn't even that long ago. We need to get back to watching Adam Sandler films because this is so far off. Yeah, this is far off. I mean, we're, we'll do one next week that's got him in it a lot more. Otherwise, we're losing the format and we'll just <laughs> come and talk more about Cruella. We should do a bit of the Cruella pit. <laughs> As we say, Adam Sandler produced this. It's another Happy Madison film. And we've got Jared Sandler as well. Very young Jared Sandler. I didn't catch little Jared. Where is Jared Sandler in this film? So I'm going by his words here. You tagged me in something of him on Instagram recently and I looked through his profile and he did say something about how he was quite a chubby kid on one of the, one of his captions. And <gasps> yeah, he's a bit bigger in this in this film. Have you Googled him? I have Googled him. The oh. sort of blonde kind of curly hair, I think, and glasses. Oh, so was he one of the bench warmers? He's one of the kids that asks to get his ball signed or something. And he has a line that I wrote down that is, my dad has ear hair. It's scary. Good stuff, Jared. Is that on his showreel? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that was the second clip <laughs> on his showreel. <laughs> After him as a kid in uh, Big Daddy. But no, it's good. It's always good to see Jared Sander. This is the start of something, I think. Something big. I mean, they've been really been pushing Jared the last few of the films we've watched. So yeah. I just want to see him leading a film once. I can't wait for him One to have time. a breakout role. Another thing in this film that was a standout is... Um, well, not a standout, but like a little scene that I did like was when... To get Howie out of the house, they've told him that there's a killer on the loose killing people called Howie. And he's like, they're killing people called Howie. That's my name. That's my name. And he's just crying <laughs> while wrote, he says it. I wrote that down. I think that's one of the best line deliveries. Yeah. <laughs> and he sticks his head out of the window to say that they're like, wham. And someone just throws an egg at him. <laughs> Because it's a really good combination because you've got that line, that's my name, yeah. to immediately John Lovitz going, ha ha ha, Howie, you're a freak. <laughs> I'm surprised this didn't get a sequel that had... It had actually movie. them in it. Yeah, I guess it can't, It just kind of done very well, I suppose. Yeah. It's a shame though, because like, I'm not saying it's some great piece of art or whatever, because it's obviously not, but like, you could see this being sort of like a lesser version of like Waterboy, which obviously everyone sees as being iconic. It's a shame this didn't catch on in the same way. I think that this does have like quite a big cult following though. Like I went to talk to one of my housemates about this and he was like, oh yeah, I love that film. I've always loved it. Oh really? It. As a kid, yeah. So he's not even a big fan of of uh, Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider films. He just like he just loves this, and apparently has got big fan base with the like baseball fans and stuff. So you know, if you're a baseball fan, you're gonna you're gonna watch Moneyball and you're gonna watch this. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's the, the probably the perfect double bill. I haven't actually seen Moneyball, but I've seen Benchwarmers at least thirteen times. So you you've not missed anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing missing from Moneyball was when, like, Brad Pitt's, like, smashing his office to bits. If, like, he'd knocked over a desk and, like, Nick Swanson's <laughs> under there, like, what's happening? Ah! <laughs> <It> screams. <laughs> <laughs> Another good visual gag I like, and I kind of want this to be the episode cover. I know you're probably wanting to draw something to do with Howie, which I think's fair, but <laughs> there's 
one of the first games when the bench warmers are getting some uh, some credit. I, th- I think it's after the bus bit, their first tour. There's these five nerds that all take their tops off and they've got nerds spelt out on their back, like N-E-R-D-S. And then like halfway through the game, they all start getting like sunburnt. And they have to like put their tops back on. They're all like bright red. <laughs> I found that very relatable as well, to be honest. You want me to draw five naked sunburnt men? <laughs> With nerds written on their back, yeah. Okay. Be... <laughs> For you, I'll do that. That's... I just think it's a very nice visual gag. Well, I was going to draw maybe the robot or something. Oh yeah, number seven. That would be number good. Number seven. And when the sky cracks, I don't always think that I can... Strong is the brand new single from Joe Tyrone, produced by Mike Shinoda of Lincoln Park, streaming everywhere now. I'm not always going to be as strong as I am. Yeah, let's go on to our Schneider scroll slash Swardson sheet slash Eder. Uh, Hanky? <laughs> I don't know, yeah, what can we go with with a H? H? Uh, Hanky. Like a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a big tissue. Like a hanky that we're using as a bingo sheet. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> we just we just pulled it out like, oh, God. <laughs> How did you do in your uh, Schneider scroll? Very, very, very shit. Uh, I did very terribly. I only got two this week. Inexplicable love interest, which we have with Rob Schneider's wife. I don't yeah. know why she's there. I don't know what her character is. Yeah, and there's a point in the film, actually, where she's in the shower and he goes in and pees on her. Yeah, he pisses on her. And that was his most likeable character that we've ever seen. And he's he's a bully that pisses on his wife. (laughs) And this is the nicest he'll ever get as well. My other one I got, and you can contend me on this, surprisingly ripped dad bod. Rob Schneider's weird ripped in this film for some reason. Yeah, he's he's toned, isn't he? It looks like he's definitely done some crunches. He's definitely done something. He's slimmed down. He kind of looks a bit stronger. The ones I didn't get, I didn't get Pepsi. I didn't get bikinis. I didn't get an old joke. I didn't get a reference to weed. I didn't have a makeover. I didn't have an injured animal. He uh, did. There's a bit when John Lovitz throws his bat and it hits a squirrel and kills it. Oh, my God. And also, the dog gets run over by the robot. Yeah. He should have yeah. killed it, right? And he yeah. actually just gives it a little haircut. Yeah, half of his hair gets cut. That's quite a nice little bit. Like, that robot must weigh half a ton. I feel like there's a bikini in this film as well. Worn by the little guy that wants to wrestle, the masseuse guy. That's not a bikini. It doesn't have the top bit. He's got the bottoms. Um <laughs> My last one, Schneider's forgotten what's important to him. I don't think there's any ever a bit where he's forgotten what's important to him, but he does no, learn he... to want to have a family. He learns something. He doesn't forget. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe you only got three. Bit crap. Uh, how did you do? Well, complete other side of the tracks. I only didn't get to. <laughs> I got a line 19 minutes, 30 seconds in. Pooh was the first one. The boy says, I get smeared with animal crap daily. And then later on, we see him get smeared with animal crap on his face. I had hit him balls. There's a bit when they throw stones at Rob Schneider, I think, to like get his attention. And it goes into the lawnmower that he's using and then bounces out and hits David Spade in the balls. So that was the hit in the balls, stone to the balls. Uh, and I also had vomit. Uh, David Spade pukes on the floor after getting hit in the balls. <laughs> the <stone. laughs> and then I've got a little note underneath that says, there has been three vomits now. <laughs> I don't know when I wrote that. I don't know what the other vomits were. But <laughs> there's a lot of vomit in this one. I also got horrible voice. There's a bit when David Spade does an impression of John Heater and he's like, that's quite horrible. <laughs> 70s or 80s rock song plays. We've got quite a few of those sort of things, quite similar to the usual. They always have those sort of typical baseball songs. There's one 
that I recognised from being in other sports films. It was Walk of Life by the Dire Straits. And it's like, duh, Oh, yeah. Racist joke. There's a bit when Tim Meadows says, we need mucho home runos. There's a lot of those sort of like Spanish speaking jokes. Cross Eyes, there's a bit when Clark throws his baseball bat and it hits a guy's little like snack truck and like destroys it and then a guy comes up and shakes his hand and goes hey and he's got his eyes crossed so i took that one uh i didn't get opens with flashback it opens modern day i didn't get a dream sequence though the whole film felt like a dream for me <laughs> very successful oh, week on the santa scale for me very nice so luke is bench warmers did you just forget my name <laughs> no, <I'm> just <laughs> I have your name. <laughs> I have the exact same name as me. We always do that little thing where I'm just I'm just can't even remember what bench what even happened in bench warmers. Even though you've just spoken about it for like an hour. <laughs> so Luke, has this scored a home run and David Spade swung it and oh my god, he's actually hit it and it's landed straight into the top of the Sandler pit, or has this film been reported as being a bully several years ago and been ostracized from the team and sent packing into to the Sandler pit where it can apologise to all the people it bullied where you're putting it home run for sure yeah this one is uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's arguably the greatest film of all time now I don't know I think that as we say there are definitely quite a few issues with this one and I think that if you get easily offended by some of that outdated language and whatever then you probably should avoid it it's got a bit of like a edgy kind of sense of humour quite in that sort of respect of being a bit offensive and whatever but for the most part I think the heart's in the right place and it's quite an entertaining journey and Nick Swardson is fucking incredible in it so yeah I think short and sweet but like I think we've spoken about it quite a lot and given away all the stuff we found funny can't think of too many <laughs> negatives about it apart from like it's not an amazing film but like oh it's yeah it's no like we've been singing its praise it's not like the water boy it's not like an actually really good sports comedy but it no it, feel, it does feel pretty like cheap doesn't it for the most part but mm. it's an enjoyable watch and it's i think it's a very easy watch and it's as soon as i saw the happy madison logo i was like oh yes we're back here and i think it was like 92 minutes long and it just feels right so short like i checked i think the credits start at about an hour 19 hour 20 and it's oh, so really? short it's really good i loved how short it was yeah i think that's just so refreshing after spending like an hour and 55 minutes with like chuck and larry or whatever really Really stays its welcome that film but yeah it's just a bit of a breeze how about you what do you think yeah in the castle for me as well pretty solid i'd say as well like as little caveats like it is dated and like you very rightly said if you are like easily offended by some of the portrayals i think that they aren't great but compared to what we've seen there's not many people who've had our unique experience of watching 40 of these films and we've seen far worse portrayals of vampirism abilities, homosexuality like vampirism <laughs> No, not again. <laughs> talking about vampires again. But we've seen much worse portrayals of lots of different things. And I feel like this one feels like its heart is more in the right place. And I feel like the ending nearly justifies it. Like the ending is actually quite sweet for this. And I love sports comedies anyway. And I think that this is a pretty solid sports comedy. So yeah, I'd recommend it. It's going in the castle for me. Nice one. I, I agree. Totally. Not bad. A lot better than Chuck and Larry. A lot better than Deuce Wait. Bigelow. Have you got a Sandler game lined up? I've got a little Sandler game, yeah. So this is, uh, again, a revisit of one of our favourites, University Sandleridge. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we fucking go. Didn't it's do that classic. many questions either this week. So oh, no, 
short and sweet. Short, sweet, did eight questions. We all know the rules by now. I'm going to ask a hard question, then I'm going to ask an easy question. Both of them have the same answer, but some of them are related to Adam Sandler films. Have you thought about trying to sell this format to Channel 4? pretty good, isn't it? It might actually work. Like, I could be like the little, uh, what, Dermot O'Leary. I reckon yeah, Alan Carr would host it. We'd get Ben Shepherd. Oh, I yeah. think he'd do well. He's a reliable watch. The mums love him. My mum loves Ben Shepherd and she hates Dermot O'Leary. Every time I talk about Dermot O'Leary, she starts like shaking her fists. One question is hard. One question's easy. Uh, the hard question is worth 10 points. The easy question is worth two. I feel like that changes all the time, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I can never remember. Uh, you have got to get 40 points. There's eight questions. You ready? If I was to get all of the Sandler ones, I'm getting, what, 16 points? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I think I'll be five got... points for the Sandler one. Fuck's sake, five for the Sandler one. Give and me a chance, man. You're like ten. You're like Gus, and I'm like one of the kids that isn't as good at sports. I was going to make it one for the Sandler question, because you know all these. That's fine. Fucking... All right, let's go three. All right, three. Fine. Meet in the middle. What a fucking ridiculous... <laughs> we better clear this concept up before we start pitching it. So I'm going to ask the first question. Have you got your buzzer ready? In what show would you find the character Michael Knight? Buzz. Terry from Lincoln. Knight Rider? Yeah, well done. Ten points straight away. What yes. is the Sandler question? What was Bucky Larson's porn star name? No, I'm joking. What, what car does... <laughs> What car does Mel drive over the bollards at Pizza Hut? <laughs> <laughs> the next question. Which fictional character has been portrayed by Peter Cushing, Anthony Hopkins and Mel Brooks? Oh, God. Um, Buzz? Terry from Lincoln. Is it Dracula? It is not Dracula. Oh, fuck. I thought I'd throw you in there yeah, with a bit of a Peter Cushing, but... I thought I've thrown Mel Brooks. I thought that you might you might trip over yourself a bit because he famously played Dracula's dad in Hotel Transylvania two and three. Is that who this is? No. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the Sandler question: Which villain tries to use the Kraken to kill the monsters in Hotel Transylvania three? Oh, Van Helsing. Van Helsing. Well done. Three points there. Mel Brooks played Very it in good. that one. I think Leslie Nielsen. Is it Dracula dead and loving it? I don't fucking know. Okay, question three. What is Thomas Keller often described as, or described as being Thomas Keller? Who's Thomas Keller? Should I know I that? Know. <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, I'm a guest, shot in the dark. <laughs> what do you think I would put a description of this man that I found online? Like a ripped dad bod or something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the, the original dad bod <laughs> I don't know he's not he's not a uh, ripped dad bod unfortunately uh, here's my question in Spanglish what is Adam Sandler described as in a review the greatest chef in the United in the United States of America yeah. <laughs> so I googled greatest chef in the United States and everyone was saying Thomas Keller I don't know who it is I think they're, they're Gordon Ramsay <laughs> that's amazing but yeah he's an American chef born 1955 I've never seen this man's face I'm going to Google Thomas Keller, Adam Sandler, see if they've ever crossed paths as the two greatest chefs in America. Oh my God, Adam Sandler movie Spanglish! <gasps> what, is the character inspired by Thomas Keller? Fuck off, what is this? <laughs> Thomas Keller what? is insulted, probably. World's greatest sandwich from the Adam Sandler mo movie Spanglish and Thomas Keller. I think Thomas Keller made that sandwich. What? What the fuck is this? No, he didn't. This is, is in making sandwich? it with Adam Sandler, featuring Thomas Keller! <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that sandwich really famous? I thought it just looks oh good. I did actually get suggested on YouTube the other day. Do you know Binging with Babish? Have you ever watched any of his YouTube videos? I've heard of him. I don't think I've watched any. So he like he recreates like food from films and stuff. He did like from like games. He he made like the sweet roll out of Skyrim. That's the one I've first watched but they're weirdly like satisfying and he's done one of the spanglish sandwich but i didn't think spanglish was this iconic film i mean we struggled to find things to draw from it so i don't even remember that scene in the fucking film i think i might have been on my phone or something let's get, let's carry on so you've got three for that one again and remember we've yeah. got to get 40 you're only on 16 so Fuck. which food stuff has the matterhorn in its logo and branding so i told her well done what is the Sandler question? Uh, what giant chocolate bar does Steve Buscemi chomp on in the back of a car after <laughs> unleashing some bats on City Hall in the week of? <laughs> <laughs> Slightly different wording for me. I was just like, which big chocolate did uh, Steve Buscemi buy in the week of? Yeah, shameless Good. advertising. All right, the next question. What is the fourth astrological sign in the Zodiac? Cancer. Buzz. Oh, Buzz. Buzz. We didn't even do that last time. <laughs> Terry from Lincoln. Is it Cancer. Yes. <laughs> now, what is what's that the question? Sadly, there's so much that it could be. <laughs> there's so many options. I'm going to give you an extra point if you get my Sandler question correct. See how well we know each other's brains when it comes <laughs> shit. What disease does David Spade store the cure for in his anus in the do-over? Pretty close. I was like, what does Sandler and Spade find the cure for in the do-over? <laughs> Remember when they cure cancer? <laughs> And they're still irredeemable. <laughs> they're still irredeemable characters. They cure cancer. The next question. Which animal's name comes from the Greek word skia, meaning shadow? A black animal. Which animal's name comes from the Greek meaning sh- skia, meaning shadow? Yeah. Skeeter? No, no, that's not a fucking animal. That's just... <laughs> that's not an animal. That's nothing. That's nothing. Skia. Uh, which animal? What animals have we seen recently? I'm just going to go uh, squirrel. Well done, well done, sir. What is it is actually? The, uh, yeah, what's the Sandler question? Uh, what animal does John Heater kill in Benchwarmers? No, it's actually what animal does Blobby oh, yeah. get stuck in him in Hotel Transylvania <laughs> 2? Very good. Exactly. I think you might actually do very well. I think you might get the next two. Okay. Which American singer-songwriter dated AJ McCalka? 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 Taylor Swift, Demi Lovato and Gigi Hadid. Um, I was very close to saying Zayn Malik, but how would that ever work? It's obviously the Jonas brother that's in uh, that's in Hotel Transylvania as the Kraken. <laughs> I think that that is Joe Jonas. Well done, and you also got the Sandler question, so a good job. Who voices the Kraken? I think just in future, it's worth knowing. Like, never question my Jonas brother's knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> you did start that fan club that time, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the final question, I don't know why I only did eight. It was getting too hot in my room. It's a nice like, round number, isn't it? Eight will do. <laughs> Not getting up to ten. Eight will do. Okay, British explorer James Cook is believed to be one of the first non-natives to arrive in which place? It's going to have to be Hawaii, I reckon. Well done. Oh, well it's done. either that or the Bermuda Triangle, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think the Sadler question is? Which holiday island... Is worth seventy-five thousand points of pudding lids or whatever it was from Punch Drunk Love. Mine was in blank. I just left a big line. Adam Sandler vacations where? 
Right, let's see if we can name all the times he's vacationed in Hawaii in these fucking films. Just go with it. 51st States, he's lived there. 51st States, he lives there. Pud- not Pudding Boy. That's our, that's our version love. of it. Punch Love. They mentioned it at Hotel Transylvania 1. I feel like it gets at least mentioned in most of, most of them. Like Nearly every been... single one gets a mention. They're the big three when they go there, though, aren't they? I swear he goes in another one, but I just can't remember off the top of my head. We've wow, definitely so... used the words Hawaii again at least 12 times, so it's bound it's to happen again. Fun. You were meant to get 40 points on this game. You got 66. 66. Bloody well hell. done. Do you know what 66 man. is? It's the year Adam Sandler was born. It was meant to happen. <laughs> isn't, that when, isn't that when England won the World Cup? Or am I making that up? It's also when Andrew Terry was born. Is that when England won, won the World Cup? Because I'm wearing a little England shirt today. Yeah, so you just uh, love um, kicking around the old pigskin, don't you? Yeah, I just bloody bloody love kicking around into those uh, goal, goal mouths. Shooting and scoring. Oh, for God's sake. Right, so happily, we've thrown uh, bench warmers, done a home run and run straight into the castle. What are we going to be watching next week, though? Well, next week, we're taking a little trip down south, the deep south, to hell. <laughs> <laughs> the birthplace of son of Satan, little Nicky. See, I view this as like being... I hesitate to say classic Sandler, but this is one I always think of with Adam Sandler because like, it's that kind of time where I got into his movies, you know, that sort of early noughties that you kind of aren't as keen on, but I always kind of like. Yeah. Big Daddy kind of time. But, I know, uh, but early 2000s, that's anger management time. Yeah, I know. It's hit and miss. Have you so seen I've, this before? I've not seen this. I started watching it, I want to say about August last year uh, and then it starts with John Lovitz getting raped by a big bird and I was watching it with my grandma so I turned it off <laughs> it's a shame you should have kept watching she might have found something she likes in it later on is she religious <laughs> no no she's not <laughs> then it's the no perfect been... film for her I don't know much about this film but I know that he's like a little demon with a horrible horrible voice Honestly, we've not seen Adam Sandler in so long. I'm actually quite buzzing to watch one of these kind of classic comedies of his. Yeah, with his, he's got nice emo hair in this, so that's something a bit different. His superpowers are at least kind of justified this time because he's a, a demon, as you say. So, yeah, it should be a fun rewatch. I mean, it's one that I always find a bit like hit and miss because as a kid, I liked it because it's got all that stupid slapstick and like insanity. But, you know, I always say how I used to watch these with like my dad and my sister. Mm. I remember my sister liked it, but I remember my dad being like, oh, that's a load of crap. I'm, I, I don't think he finished watching it. Interesting. He, he doesn't like things that are as far-fetched. He'd only like it if it's a bit more grounded, like The Wedding Singer. I think that we're in too deep now that we can't really say that this, that it's a bad one. I'd be quite surprised. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking... I'll say if I don't like it, but I did love Benchwarmers and the Hot Chick. <laughs> <laughs> So, how can people get in touch with us, Luke? People can get in touch with us by going to Instagram or Twitter and, and searching at The Sandler Pit. Or they can just find us on Facebook, where we are The Sandler Pit. Yeah, you can also uh, shoot us an email at thesandlerpit at gmail.com. You can also leave us a review. How do you leave a review, Luke? If you've got an Apple product, phone, iPad, Mac, anything like that, go onto our show. You can leave a review, do star ratings, and you can even write something. Thank you to Joe Tarone, our music man. He does our theme. 
listen to his new single on Spotify, Strong. Thank you to Luke Thomas for his beautiful artwork. Thank you, Luke Terry, for editing together these episodes and these trailers. So come back and join us next week when we're going to go straight into the depths of hell. And until then, it's been a very happy Schneider bye from me and a very happy Schneider bye from him. You just lost your membership and video spot. Destroy them! <laughs> Owie, you're a freak.